and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. Today we are going to talk everything Chivas Femenil. We even have a special guest because we are trying to test something. But first, I'm going to introduce Melissa as always. Melissa, how are you? Fine. I mean, just excited for, for the weekend and what's to come. Yeah, we were just talking and I keep saying that the Femenil schedule... It always does this to me one week where it just throws three games at me in one week and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, we fall behind on on all the feminine potting we have to do. Yeah, but it's going to be a bit easier this time because we have a guest. <laughs> For sure, we have uh, Amelia Lopez from Footmex Nation, the Our Football Podcast, and the Mexican Soccer Show. Amy, welcome back to the Chivas del Norte Podcast. I just want to put it on record since we're recording now that you guys invited me. All right. So if anything happened, like this is on you guys. I don't want any banter about me later. Like you invited me. You brought me on this pod. I kept my space. I haven't asked you guys anything. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to go away. So I'm excited. But nonetheless, really excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's, yeah, but uh, like we recorded with like the Eagle Eye podcast last night, so maybe the course will cancel out <laughs> with it both. So I mean, but, I don't know. We're testing some theories still. Okay, so but this is what happened, Varo, because we we didn't get to tell you the cheese mess. So I like just retweeted because I was really busy yesterday. So like obviously, like if I see my name or whatever, and I just like take a quick glance, I like retweet or like it, you know, whatever for the for the you know just for the engagement. Yeah. So the eagle eye like previewed right, and they're like, oh, uh, you know, let's take Amelia is gonna be a guest. And I'm like, all right, for sure, retweet. But I didn't like check it, and so Melissa's on their tag too, but like I didn't put two in. Like I just didn't read the copy well enough. <laughs> and uh, Melissa and I are talking the entire day, like we got WhatsApp conversations, like like around the clock, and she never mentions it. So I log on to their stream, and here comes <laughs> Melissa. So. I want to also put this on record that if anything should happen, it's Melissa's fault for <laughs> holding <laughs> back information from me. Yeah, and I told her, I mean, who else are they going to invite? <laughs> they could have invited Varro. Varro's yeah, there they too. Invited what? Him in the, and he wasn't able to, so. He could have put on a goat mask, so that way nobody knows his real identity. No, like the was... Hieronymus or Leonimus <laughs> or whatever. What's his name? <laughs> I, uh, I was at a dinner for my brother's birthday and then we celebrated uh my dog's uh gotcha day so Aww, i got home that's late. right yeah happy birthday to my new friend your dog i'm so excited <laughs> for this new I'll, found I'll friendship that Vara will never get to experience the dog <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um so let's get, let's just jump right into it melissa we haven't talked since the chivas leon 5-1 victory since then chivas has played four games um, like I said, there was that three-game week where they lost to Cholos, they tied to Deluca, and they tied to Atlas in what was a crazy shootout, a 3-3 shootout. And then, if you're a fan of the men's team, later that day, they just broke your heart completely after that thriller of a game, but I don't want to talk about that on this pod. Um, Melissa, takeaways from those three games in that week? Well, yeah, I mean, if you put it like that, I mean, you could maybe worry a, a bit and say, I mean, they, they were only able to get two points. But I think that, that the highlight for me was the Atlas game because I think that's kind of like the start of the tough part of the season. And I think that even though it was just like one point that they got from that, the confidence boost and like on the mental aspect, I think it's it's hopefully really going to set the tone for what 
they are going to do next in their in their last five games because I, I was talking about this yesterday too. Um, it's been a long time since they have been able not just beating Atlas but being able to compete with them, and I think that what they showed on that on that match, I mean, it kind of like basically erased all the doubts we we have maybe with with the Cholos and the Toluca games because. That's what you want to see. I mean, you want to see them respond on the against the tougher teams. Yeah, we talk about QS uh, having sometimes that mental block. Once they go down the goal, um, they get desperate and kind of lose lose their form or lose their way of playing. But in these last couple of games that they've had, they've gotten scored on, but always managed to come back. And you know, they did it against Toluca, they did it against Atlas, against Cholos. They fell behind too. They tied and then unfortunately gave up a goal again uh, towards the end. But um, Chivas showing a lot of fight in all these games, and they're in fourth place. So I don't think we can really say we're too concerned about that three three game week that we had. Yeah, I mean, I think that they've had their chances to end up in first place or second place in the rankings, but it's also kind of in line with what we expected. I mean, they're basically outperforming in what we thought was going to happen. So, I mean, it kind of really reflects the fact that. They are playing really well with the roster they have, but they're still lacking like maybe that little bit extra they need to be in, in first or, or second place. Yeah, one of the, the biggest takeaway for me was that every goal every goal we gave up I think that week was either directly off a set piece or in like the short aftermath of a set piece. I think when the ball stops and Chivas has to defend, they I don't know what happens, but they just get lost. We um we give up we give up really easy goals and I think going into the Clásico Nacional that's gonna be something that they need to work on. Yeah, I mean set pieces have been like deadly for Chivas, but I mean also it's kind of something that they can really work in work around during the week. So I mean it's really clear what they need to do. I mean they they really need to to define what their strategy for defending those set pieces is going is going to be. So. I mean, it it worries me, but it, at the same time, it doesn't because it's like something that is so specific that it, that there's no way that Chore isn't going to to do something about it. You would think that, but again, I bring up the men's side, and Busetich has had all season to fix it, and he does, and he hasn't. But I hope I hope Chore is not is not like Busetich and uh, can't fix it. I, I but, mean, give give well, Chore some respect, man. <laughs> don't don't put them on don't put them on the same level. No, I was gonna say right right after Chivas came against Puebla and they kept the clean sheet, so Shorty had to do something, right? Right. I mean, it's also, I think the I think the the thing that you guys face on your end, although it's been rather impressive, really been surpassed. This was a team that was like dead on arrival. I mean, I definitely had my fun with it too, but it's been pretty it's been pretty good. Like you guys have those. You guys had two losses, Cholos and and Pachuca. Pachuca was more of like just a really good free kick and then Cholos that's just an outlier in and of itself I think you guys are doing pretty well I think for me the standout game for for those three games that you just mentioned was that Atlas game Mm because I know I remember last season how disappointed even Chore himself was in the pros game press presser where he's just like I know what classicals mean to me and you know that was just such a defeat but you everyone came out I mean both teams I think Atlas still showed up despite coming back from Juarez, like that was a huge travel 
issue for them, right? Where they were like defeated. But I think for Chivas to capitalize on that and just like basically keep going back and forth with those shootouts was the impressive part. And then I think that kind of translated once they got to that game against Puebla. They still had that confidence for themselves. The thing is that also with the Atlas game, I hadn't seen Atlas look nervous against Chivas in like a really long while. I mean, some of the mistakes that they made, like they look kind of out of focus and kind of scared even. Like you could tell like Anagabi Paz is a fantastic goalkeeper and like she avoided sometimes like clearing off the ball too short or, or even just like sent it away to to a, to a throw-in because she seemed to be like afraid of, of Licha. And I, I don't think that the Chivas had been able to to pull off like something like that mentally in like a very long time. So, I mean, I guess that that also kind of was this confidence boost that they were able to like really dent Atlas's confidence because, I mean, Atlas were coming off like of their last Clásico. Like we just went to your house to study Akron and we beat you like 3-0. So, I mean, seeing that and seeing them be able to intimidate in a way Atlas, I think that's also kind of like a, like a huge win for Chivas in itself. I think that I think Chivas also has had a really sophisticated like pressuring system with them. Like it's not just Licha. I mean that that's something that yeah, obviously you guys know, right? It's not just Licha that's like making the plays or or pressuring. Like if she's the you know if if the goalkeepers or the defenders are trying not to make mistakes and Licha goes over there and you know adds that pressure, you guys now have more goal scoring options. I think that's the strength that Chivas brings in in general this season. Like something has definitely clicked where the system just feels really fluid. And if one person can't do it, you guys have another, you guys have more options in all ranges, in all like experience levels too. Yeah, that's something Melissa's been alluding to, um, I think all season when she talks about the departures we had during the offseason and how they might be like, Chivas might be better off now because they're a, a more whole team. It's not, so much dependent on their wing play they can attack through the wing still but we can play down the middle now um we're not just code we're not dependent on that maria and licha connection and as you can see you know i expected even i expected um licha to have like a drop off and goal scored and she's killing it she already broke the chivas femenil scoring record and then killed it even more against puebla like i was dying at um the chivas femenil english account the not the english account the twitter account and uh, they tweeted out a picture of her holding up the plaque that said uh, with like 23 goals. And then after the game, they had to draw a six over it. And they're like, no one saw anything here. Yeah, the social media team has been having like a blast with all the Licha <laughs> content. And I mean, I think that's also like the way they have responded. Because like I know at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, Oh, I mean, they're going to be the disappointment. They're nothing like without Maria. Licha is nothing without Maria. She's not even that good. And like, they're like proving that they are really, really, really good. And like the connection that Licha is also like forging with the with the fans, and also as a leader, because I I think that she's been showing like really great leadership too. I mean, she's the captain now, and and you can tell like the way that the other players go and congratulate her, like she's really becoming like that figure that can become like a like an iconic figure for Chivas. I mean, she already is because of the score of the goal scoring record, but she also seems to have like all these other like factors to become like a 
like an idol of the people with Chivas, and that's also like really great to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can get into the uh, Chivas Puebla game that happened over the weekend. Chivas beat Puebla three nil. Um, it was kind of a really good start from Puebla. They had Chivas kind of pressed back, and they weren't letting Chivas get into rhythm. And Caro even missed the PK, which I thought was going to kill Team Morale. But um, luckily, again, we bring up their mentality, and they overcame it. And then by the end of the game, it was just we washed them out 3-0. But I thought it was kind of like a deceptive scoreline. I don't know what you thought, Melissa. Yeah, I think that Puebla could have scored first. Like, mm-hmm. they really had the chances. And, I mean, Puebla is kind of on a, a little bit of a rebuild because they changed coach and they dropped a few players mid-season. We didn't really know what happened there. But overall, they've always been, like, a really solid team. Like, they, they, they've they always looked kind of, like, really well coached. And maybe they don't have, like, these, these huge names, apparently, but they have, like, some really solid players. I mean... The right back, um, Alex- Alexandra Godinez, who is like our Godinez's sister. So it was the battle of the Godinez's there. Um, she's like a national team player and like she's really solid. And then you have someone like Lupita Warbis on attack, who is like a player with a wealth of experience. And like she's someone who's played like Olympics and I think that even a World Cup. So, I mean, they've got like some really good players there. And it seems like they're they're really kind of, lifting their game after the coach change so I mean yeah they had like a really strong start and I was a bit concerned because Chore also made some rotations like Miriam Garcia sat this one out and Annette Vasquez did too so I think that also at first Chivas looked a bit shaky because of those changes and because Puebla like started so strong on attack and maybe they weren't expecting that but yeah I mean I think that that the good thing was that they were able to to get past that and get get past the penalty that they didn't they didn't convert. So, I mean, I think that that also kind of made Chivas even stronger. Like saying, okay, we we can overcome this, so we can overcome anything. I think that's another really strong quality that that Chivas has had this season because it wasn't just against Puebla. I think you've seen it. With, I think another that I talked about yesterday with Melissa too is that match against Leon. I mean, frankly, that match against Leon should have been like ten zero. But, like, even when they end up missing chances, they keep going. They keep pushing. They don't seem to, like, mentally block themselves. I mean, even in a peak. And to be honest, I got into this game late. So when I saw that, like, Caro missed the PK, I was I was shocked. Because I, I didn't think that that could have happened, been a factor into the way that they ended up playing the rest of the match. But I think that's something else that they really possess that I think can be a danger to America tomorrow. I mean, sorry, on Saturday. Like, if they're able to close off chivas well enough it could end up working in their favor but they have to score just as fast because chivas is not going to stop like it almost it's almost really like like intelligent in a sense like they seem to fix their mistakes as soon as they make them whenever they miss whether they shoot it out wide whether they get it too close to the goalkeeper whatever the case is like they realize like nah, i have to get this ball in here tappins whatever like the next chance that they get and that's going to be one of america's hardest battles because they make a lot of mistakes in the defense yeah i haven't really been watching too much of america i know they've been like injury ridden and i i caught some of their the game against pachuca um they were up i think a player most of the game but i I feel like they just haven't been able to get it together this season um they're in eighth i think last season they qualified in that either fifth or sixth but 
I feel good about going into the America game, especially the way Chivas has been playing, the way Shorty has been rotating the team. Um, I think, if anything, right now Chivas has like a good problem, which is they don't know who who they're gonna play up front to play around Licha. I feel like uh, Montoya is the only one that's definitely getting a start next to Licha. But then behind her, you can plug in Caramillo, you can plug in Isabella Gutierrez on the wing, you can plug in Annette Vasquez, you can plug in Lia Romero. It's, um, it's a good problem for Chivas to have this time around. Yeah, and they have now like Yashira also on bench. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that the, one of the important things and maybe kind of a bit underrated because like I know that people tend to, to pile on Chore when they see the lineups and they're like, why isn't, why isn't this player there? And he's doing experiments again but the thing is that whoever he has been bringing in like on these last few matches they've been able to respond and I think that also kind of speaks about the system that he's been able to to really um, make players like understand it and anyone who steps on the pitch like they know what they need to do they know what they need to play and I think that even like those those moves, like Romero, I think she had like a really great match against Puebla. And then he brought in Chelly Torres as a right back. And we were all kind of confused because when she had been playing as a left back, she hadn't been like all that good. And she had been having issues and, and everything. But then she came in as a right back and then she had like a really great minutes and she even put an assist to Licha. And that's what you want as a coach. I mean, you want your, your substitutions to be on point and you want the players to, to deliver. So I think that he's been able to to really pull that off and like maybe people don't give him enough credit for that. But I mean, you see the way, like even if you have players as talented as Licha or Isabella or Caro or Jocelyn, I mean, those combinations and those connections they have, those are things that they obviously work like during the week. So it's not like they are coming out of thin air. I mean, there's clearly like a like a structure in place in terms of how of how they're playing, and I think that we we really should maybe give Chore a little bit more trust because I mean he's showing that he's he's learned from his mistakes. He keeps maturing too as a coach. So I mean, I'm really excited to see how he does because we already saw that against the against Atlas they've kind of overcome that mental block. Now we'll see if they can like pull that off again against America. Yeah, Melissa, who do you who do you think Shorty starts around Licha on uh, Saturday night? I mean, I would really. I mean, obviously Jocelyn. I wouldn't mind seeing Romero again. To be honest, I really liked what she did. She's also like taller and like physically stronger. So matches against America tend to get a bit physical. So I know that she's not going to be bothered over that. So I think I would like to see Romero, I mean, too. And, and I would like to see maybe, I don't know if they're taking, like kind of being careful with Isabella after she got hit in the head, but I would like to see Isabella too because she also proved that she's ready for these kind of big matches. I mean, she did it during Liguilla. She got like 20 minutes and was able to score a goal and like really change Chivas on that, on that match. So, I mean, I'm not worried about her like caving into pressure and... And I think that it's also going to be really interesting to see her again. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Romero and, and Isabella to start. And then, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe he could bring Caro to the to the midfield because I, I think that sometimes they, they need extra help there. 
uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's a really good problem to have. And I I was actually impressed with Lia Romero in, against Puebla. And then even against Toluca, I think she played really well. Um, I know about Annette Vasquez, I've been critical that sometimes I don't know where she is or... Like, you don't hear her name throughout the game. And I think Lia Romero's done a really good job of, of stepping in and making her presence felt on the field. So I think I think she's going to get the start over over Vasquez on Saturday night. And then we also, we've also been having a goalie rotation, Melissa. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And you mentioned that you'd like to see Shorty kind of rotate uh, Celeste and Blanca week in and week out. And he's taking your advice. We've now seen Blanca and Celeste get um, rotating starts. Now the question is, who do we think is going to start on Saturday night? Well, I mean, I think that you can make arguments for both of them. But, I mean, Wait, I don't know. Wait, sorry I to interrupt you, Mel. Has Ospino ever faced America yet? No. Mm-mm. No, mm-hmm. she hasn't. So, I mean, I think that there there are arguments for both of them. I mean, with Espino, you can say, I mean, at, at some point, she's going to have to play like a big match, right? Mm-hmm. And with Blanca, I mean, I'm concerned for her because usually when she drops her level is because something is physically bothering her but I, I don't really detect any any physical issues with her so it's just a mental thing and I don't know maybe playing the Azteca again will bring back those memories of because that's where, where she started like her, her myth with Chivas begins there at the Azteca against America so maybe I mean and, and this is something that only only the people who are like within the team know how they're each of them is feeling. Maybe this could help like boost Blanca and and like her, having her recover like that confidence and that that trust that she should have in herself. And I don't know, maybe it could be really good for Blanca to to get the start and to get like that confidence because like she knows that she can pull off like a big game at the Azteca. She's already done it before. So I don't know. I mean, I think that it that it's like there's pros and cons for each of them and. I'm I'm really curious to see what what Chor is going to do. I mean, I wouldn't want to be him having to make these decisions, but I would kind of lean a little bit more towards Blanca, like as an attempt to to try and and bring her back in a way. But I mean, it could go really well for either of them, and it could go really badly for either of them too. So I mean, I guess it's just going to be a matter of them like discussing this internally and and figuring out who's who's feeling up for this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, Amy, what do you what do you think? Do you think Blanca or Celeste should uh, get the start on Saturday night? I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat as as Melissa because obviously, like, I don't even look at this as like as a America sympathizer. Oh, you know, I I actually genuinely enjoy both of them and the performance that they can give as a goalkeeper. And I think for for Blanca Felix, I would love. Yeah, I I I hate like. Sure, Dani Espinosa gets the goals, but you know it's off of like really horrible mistakes that you know Blanca shouldn't be making, and it's that mental hurdle as a player that you just don't want to see them because you want to see them have good performances. So that's where I think I think it'd be good for her to kind of have that redemption, which has kind of been like an underlying theme for Chivas this whole time, right? Where it's like Alicia said it best: it's not a redemption; it's more about improvement. So if we're gonna do that, or if you guys are gonna do that, let Felix improve in, in a game like this. But if it goes badly, you know, I think that that's the I think we mentioned it before we started recording. Right. That's the that's the worry in this game. Like this is the 
this is the easiest, so to speak, in the series of matches that Chivas is going to have to close that the regular season out with. But it could go really bad, and in that sense, for for Blanca specifically, it could begin, you know, it could begin a really bad mental hurdle for her as she st- starts to face even tougher teams that have much more intelligent players in the attack. But if you start Espino, she's never faced America before, so there's a pressure there too. So I don't want to be Chorre, but I'm leaning <laughs> more towards Felix getting that improvement that we've also seen, obviously, Licha and other players have. So I don't want to see that, but I want to see her have a good game. Yeah, I, I was talking to Melissa offline, uh, I think like last week, and I was telling her, I wonder if Shorty made it like flat out clear, like, I'm going to rotate you guys week in and week out or game to game, no matter what, who we're playing. And then playoff time, I'm going to make my final choice. And if he did do that, I wonder if he scheduled it so that Blanca gets like the more tougher games. Because Blanca started against Atlas, and now if he is rotating them game to game, Blanca would start against America and then Cruz Azul and then finish the season against Tigres. So, oh, that's a good point. So yeah, I'm not really sure what Shorty is thinking, but I think it's a good problem to have because they both have good qualities as keepers and I think Blanca's going to get the start. Just because Melissa mentioned too that that's where kind of Blanca's legacy as a Chivas keeper started and um, you know, she wins the championship with that performance that she had at a Azteca that let them advance to the finals, so I think Blanca will get the start on a Saturday night. And then what are the rotations? We also have rotations in defense, Melissa. Um, you mentioned Miriam Garcia being out for the Puebla game. I'm not sure if that's just she was being cautious because um, even the league used, the, used her for a bunch of the graphics to promote the game, and then she wasn't even on the bench. So that was that was an L for the for the league, I guess, not communicating with Chivas or something. Yeah, that's a question. They always the... manage to put the player that won't be on the field that day. So you, if you see that, that graphic and you, oh, uh, uh, X player is there, oh, they're probably not going to play today because that's <laughs> how they do it all the time. I don't know. They manage to guess who's not going to play and that's who they post the stats for. But yeah, I mean, I think that with Miriam, um, it's probably just being cautious because of like the overload with the matches and like we know that that she can be a little bit prone to injuries. Like she already had like had to be out for a match because of a hip issue. So, I mean, I think that it's better that they're being careful. And that's like, like I said, I mean, the team is so solid, like all over right now that against the match against Puebla, you didn't even really like miss her too much in terms of it being too difficult for the defenders that we already had. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they were just like, kind of being careful and and saving her for for the classical because they're really going to need her there yeah for sure um amy you were saying something oh yeah it has nothing to do with this but it just reminded me your your notes reminded me of how tigres put like we haven't gotten a red card in like (laughs) like 12 games and then i think it was the game against america where they ended (laughs) up getting a red card (laughs) yeah it's like they all jinx each other with their graphics with the graphics that they make Also, what a random, total, it's, it's, it's such a tangent, but like total, like what makes, what impulses a uh, community manager go like, you know what? We haven't praised our red card set in a while. Like, let's post that. <laughs> but I mean, Tigres is weird like that with their social media, because I don't know if you have noticed this, but they even have stats on the referees. So before a match is like, 
Diana Perez Borja. We have won five matches with her, and we've only lost one match whenever she reps against us, and that's kind of weird because, I mean, I don't know. Oh, that is weird. What, Okay, yeah, I, mean, I don't understand this about players, but like about the referees is like, I mean, we already complain that sometimes like people kind of do those things and kind of re redirects hate towards the refs. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't really know what you're trying to accomplish with that, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, just weird to me. That's hilarious. That's like a skit waiting to happen. That's hilarious. Imagine like Chivas posting a graphic with Santander before Chivas <laughs> men's match. Like this is Santander. We won our title with him. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious if they did it. I feel like that's uh, that should be the basis of your next uh, TikTok. Amy, you gotta just, use that. It's just like random <laughs> stats. Like you just be like, oh, that'd be funny. I'll give you credit if it ends up flourishing <laughs> into something. Images that precede unfortunate events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, to talk a little more classico, um, I looked at America's form coming into the match. Okay. And they've only won one out of their last five matches, which really brings a smile to my face. But they did manage to beat Pumas, and they tied 2-2 against Tigres, so... There is something there. Maybe they're just not playing to their potential game after game. Um, there's, no, there's nothing. No, there's no? nothing there. No. no. Okay, no, look. There's there's something there, but there's like two things that st stand out. One, I will s die on the hill that says the Pumas win was more about Pumas just all of a sudden clocking out at halftime than it is about America putting like a, a good performance. I, I mean, Monza had a good good goal and you know, there was some good stuff that happened, but it was really about the way that Pumas clocked out. Like, they totally just checked out at the end of that. Like, they were just like, oh, I thought it was a 45-minute <laughs> game. And then Tigres is literally a perfect example of them just stepping on their own toes. Like, they could have won that and it would have been a cool win. Then they give up two PKs. Like, it's... And it just... And that's just like a perfect, like, just metaphor for what america is this season it's just like it makes no sense and you you just don't know what you're gonna get at all it's frustrating to it's frustrating to watch the point that you realize hopefully this means player will eventually leave but aside from that like it's yeah you have every right to have a smile on your face it's just crazy to think about i'm not getting too confident because i know that <laughs> chivas always does this thing that we we we've basically been the ones keeping Leo Cuellar alive on his job for like a year now <laughs> with all those like terrible Ligia losses. He got so, together I mean, with a black goat, that's why. That's the connection. Yeah, I still have that theory that Leo Cuellar has a pact with the devil or with some entity <laughs> because, I mean, because of two things. One, he always manages to beat Chivas in Ligia and two, he has like this huge turnover of players like he can cut 10 players and then he can come back with Ten other players who are just as good or even better. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just just weird to me. But that's why I never get like too confident against America because I know that Cuellar is, is probably doing some kind of rituals right now, <laughs> and he's got some candles and like yeah, he's probably hanging out with Black Philip from the movie The Witch to discuss like they're renegotiating <laughs> their their agreement that they have. So. Yeah, I mean, that's why I never get, like, too excited about Chivas is doing great and America isn't, so we're probably going to win because, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah, The Witch is such a weird movie. I watched it and I was just like, what just happened? I still don't know how that movie makes sense, but that, that's a tangent. Um, <laughs> I did watch that uh, America Pumas game, Amy, and I agree with you. I think, I don't know what happened to Pumas in that second half, but I feel like America scored all their goals within like a 10-minute span and then Pumas just gave up. They're like, yeah, we're done. Like, nothing else happened after that. Because I think it was Monsa's goal where she just literally just took it on a run and, like, they just gave her space to, to shoot at first post and she yeah. scored. And I was like, that's a good goal and great for Monsa because she is a fantastic player. But, yeah, they just, like, completely gave up. I mean, there were also other factors. They had just come back from, I think, her, Dani, and Jocelyn had also just come back from national team duty. So they had, like, that confidence factor for them, too. But yeah, I, 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 I still think that that is a good Clásico, I guess, and that kind of works in their favor as opposed to Chivas is going into this match. Like, that's a good, I guess, like Clásico weirdness where America just got it together for that match. Um, but I, I, it doesn't give you confidence as, as an America fan, I think, where you're like, oh, they're going to do something in this league. Yeah, because then they go, I think after that game, they ended up losing against San Luis and I forgot the other team that they faced. But it's it's too inconsistent. It's too inconsistent, and it's just yeah, it's just about like what weird element Leo's gonna have under you know in uh, in his sleeve going into this match. I'm telling yeah. you, it's witchcraft. That's the element. <laughs> <laughs> how how do you get like two red cards in a row in consecutive matches? I have never seen that in Liga MX. So many <laughs> basically because refs only give fouls if there's like a broken bone or blood. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still think that, that Leo Cuellar does witchcraft of some kind. The interesting <laughs> thing here is, well, I mean, you guys are comfortably in fourth right now. So, right, like this game could put you in danger, but hopefully not. America is like at the cusp of not even qualifying. So this could be, I mean, they also have an easier end of the season, quote unquote, because they face, America faces off against Santos, then Rayadas, then Cruz Azul, then Puebla. So there's like some guaranteed if you want to call it that points whereas you know you guys are just gonna have to go all out for these next five weeks like but america could could still lose this game and then potentially not qualify so that's something that puts added pressure on them where you could see that upset possibly happen yeah i'm not confident about the game just because even going back to like last season when america knocks out chivas in the in the quarterfinals I still feel like Chivas was the better team and America just capitalized on the opportunity that they did have because Chivas missed, I remember they missed a bunch of opportunities and at the end oh, of it, I was I just mean, like... That, Blanca also had those, the, oh no, that the, was it that game or was it the regular season I think season that was match the regular where, season match where oh, yeah, Blanca right. had those mistakes, but in the playoffs, America basically capitalized off the three that they had. And then Chivas just never got got it to go in because um, Mascherelli was just having oh, yeah. like an insane, insane yeah, game at, at Coapa. Yeah, she yeah. just had an insane game. Like that was an anomaly. Like I never saw it. I was like, what the hell just happened? They should have <laughs> scored in that game. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Like she saved off the line, like a deflection, like a perfect deflection. I think she had like, like a triple save at one play. Yeah, right? it, was, it was insane. Like I, I was making the gift and I was like, what the hell is happening? Like. Like they were like a yard out of goal, and she made a save. I was like, "That does not happen." And I was like, "This might not be it." Cause... And that's what I'm scared of is gonna happen again. Like, 
you know, America will capitalize off the few opportunities that they may get. And then if they do sit back and Chivas can't break them down, you know, we're going to lose the game. So I'm but not 100% confident. I also think that you guys have the because I mean I think I think last game somebody made that joke right like Leach has starting to score Chicharito goals like you guys are making not all of your goals are pretty sometimes you guys have some pretty quality goals this season but you guys are also figuring out like hey we just have to get the ball into the back of the net like yeah like Leach has Leach has done some toe punts here and there or, you know whatever she needs to do and I think I think that's also like a good strength that that's 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 been this season. Like, Maserati might still have good saves, but I think you guys are also figuring out, like, man, we just kind of throw our whole body into the ball. And I th- and that's where I, that's where I think in this match, if America doesn't score early, because if they score early, you'll have that mental hurdle. Like, you got, you might have that mental hurdle. But if America just keeps giving you guys chances, like, we're, like, you guys are going to figure out how to get that ball into the back. I don't see this going scoreless. I really don't. Yeah, for me... Like I, I said that also yesterday, the way that Chivas is playing right now, it looks a lot more like how they played on like the last 20 minutes of that like second leg because the way the team was set up. And I think that's kind of, in a way, maybe even Chore kind of realized like the potential that the, that the team had. Like because by then, like Maria Sanchez was already on the bench and then I think Norma was out already. And that's when Isabella came in. And you, I think that for me, like the seeds of what Chore kind of developed over the preseason happened there. So I think that's that's what they're going to draw on. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and yeah, I mean, it also can come down to, to like individual performances. I mean, if Mascherelli is on a really good day, then like, I mean, there's not going to be much to do there and like if Licha continues to be like on this like zen mood that she's in right now because I think that also kind of breaking the record took pressure of her like she she looks like more relaxed now and like anything that she does now it's like extra so she doesn't have that pressure of I need X amount of goals to to break the record so maybe maybe the golden boot race is on her mind a bit but I think that she's also probably feeling confident and right now that's it's not pressure as much as it is motivation so i mean also like coming back to to the azteca like she just played there with the national team so i think that she's also kind of going to get that extra boost and and for other players who may not have been there before i mean it's, it's also going to be like that extra motivation to perform well because i mean it's it's the azteca it's like a really special place to to play at so i mean it's it's also going to be like whose day is it going to be, right? Is it going to be like Licha's day or is it going to be Renata's day or, or who is going to like step up and like take over like that stage? Yeah, I think that's a, a difference this year that this season that uh, Licha's just on fire going into the Clásico. I think last season Chivas started to cool off towards the end of the season. But this season, like um, Melissa, that thread that we found that we saw on Twitter that you know, talks about what Licha has accomplished this season. Um, she's the first player to score two hat tricks in the Guardianes 2021 in in all categories. So that's in the men's and the women's leagues. Um, three out of the last six hat tricks in Liga MX Femenil have come via Alicia Cervantes. She scored four hat tricks, uh, four hat tricks in her career in Liga MX, and then 
she's uh one of the players with the most with more than she has four games with more than three goals in Liga MX Femenil, so she's second. Um Desiree Montevides is only ahead of her. So she's one hat trick away from being like the leading hat trick scorer too in Liga MX. So we're Licha's on fire right now. Like I I hope she can keep it going against America. I know as she's a diehard Chivas fan, so we know she knows what this game means. We know she's gonna want to score. And America is gonna be missing um Jocelyn Orejel, who in my opinion last Liguilla did an amazing job on Licha. Um I think like the banter that she had her in her pocket and I think it was a hundred percent true. In the Liguilla, Licha kinda got erased out. It wasn't until she um she wandered away from the box and took that long shot that she scored the golazo, but Orejel being out, I think it's gonna be a big a big miss for America Feminine. Yeah, that's something that we talked about on the pod yesterday where the while Licha is on fire and is a fantastic player, I mean I'm a huge fan of hers. It's like she's not the only she's not the only component you guys have. Like you guys, she's not the only asset you guys possess that can score the goals. Because my worry going into this is, I think Janelle Farias has done an amazing job now with the defense. Mm-hmm. But you you like if if one of the stronger assets and with Jocelyn not being there too, if Licha makes that opens up that space, she's just gonna do what she did against Leon. Like she's gonna put everybody towards her, and then that's the danger that America is is risking in this game is that they don't know who's going to score. You know that Licha, like you guys have been saying, right? I think the positive for Chivas this season is that there's more options or it's like more fluid. You're not depending too much on one player or the other. But that's what I keep that's what I keep envisioning. I'm going to like they're going to try to think that they've cut off Licha completely and all she's going to do is figure out all right, which one of my teammates is open and then they're going to get more and you guys are going to get more chances that way whether it's Romero Vasquez, whoever it is, like that's the that's the problem that maybe Leo is gonna fix for his side, but it's a huge risk. And unless they're able to score, like I said, unless Danny's able to score first, because that's one of the things. Like they have goal scoring options, but that connection is not as fluid as Chivas has it. It could, it could, it could be one sided very early. Yeah, and also I think that um, Chivas seem. I don't know, seem because this is Chivas and anything can happen. <laughs> um, they seem to have fixed like the, the locker room issues. Like, I mean, probably by the time they were playing the second leg, like a bunch of players were already negotiating new contracts with other teams. So hopefully none of them are right now. <laughs> and I think that's also going to help because partly, I mean, you could see like, I was watching like the, the highlights of that second leg against America. And the team did look like completely like disconnected and like they kind of like in a way they didn't care anymore. And that's why you could see like maybe Licha and some of the other players look so desperate because like they were trying to to find answers or a way back in and they weren't getting it. So I think that also like internally Chivas is on a on a much better place right now. I mean, we'll probably have a have them like implode again <laughs> in the transfer season, but right now they seem to have like moved past those problems as well. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the the ghost of last season that the classic was kind of when Chivas' season started to fall apart, but we we don't know, but we assume we locker room issues and you know players leaving, and then you know does that that's not gonna happen this season again, right? Where the what happens in the classical will determine how the rest of 
Chiwatsu season, how the rest of Chiwatsu season goes. It's like with the men, they, they were already sold since the Leon game. Like <laughs> Pizarro, so... Yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of like a make-or-break game for both Chivas in America. So it's, it, I think that the outcome of this game is, is in a way going to like really define how each of them is going to, to face the rest of the season. So it's going to be like interesting because I think that even though Chivas are in a, in a better position and are coming in with better form, like it's still a lot at stake for both of them. I mean, I mean it's more than three points for both of them. Yeah, for sure. And then the last point I had for the preview was that Daniel Espinosa loves to score against Chivas. Um, it, has she scored every time she's played against Chivas? I feel like that was a point made on the Eagle Eye. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, you know, there's always that. She she steps up to the plate when it's a Clásico, so they're going to have to be really careful careful with her. And Melissa, they have an ex-Chiva. They have Janelli Parias. Do you think we're going to see La Ley de Lex on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, also, <laughs> like, the, the fun part with this that I don't know, Janelli, did Janelli ever wear the captain armband with Chivas? I kind of think I remember her um, using I'm it not at sure. some point. But yeah, I'm not sure because if she did, and then if she steps in as captain with America for this Clásico, then like she's going to be like the first player to wear both. So that's yeah. kind of like an interesting, um, when... like that. <laughs> with, with Janelli, I don't, like I know that she got some backlash because, like, of course, she's moving from Chivas to America, and like she said, she was a Chivas fan and, and all that. But I mean, like I said it before, I mean, the way I understand, like, she moved to to the Liga MX coach that knows her the best. So, I mean, no hard feelings on my on my part for her. But like, yeah, I hope that she doesn't score on us, but she probably will. So, I mean, I'm just kind of ready for that. Yeah, when I was listening to you guys on the on the Eagle Eye, um, I'm not sure who said it was AJ or Ivan. I think they said that we know that they know the players feel the shirt, and I was like, "Do you really? If your captain really loves Chivas, like I, I wanted to jump in and like <laughs> say that." But... <laughs> <laughs> trying to talk while you were listening. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Are you sure about that?" I'm pretty sure there's video of uh, Janelli crying after she scored her first Chivas goal and how much it meant to her and. Than her enthusiastically kissing the the badge, but I don't know. <laughs> don't blame. I mean, don't blame anybody else except your front office dog. Oh so yeah, I know. I know it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Luis. That's why Luis just jumped off the ship. He's like, I'm not doing this. He's like, I'm not gonna get hurt. He jumped off, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's missing some really great yeah. moments. <laughs> but yeah, Basic... I mean, like I said, with Janelle, I kind of like I understand why she left I mean I feel really bad about her leaving and about how she left I mean I I, I wish her the best like on her career and everything I mean I know she, she's doing some really great things not just on the pitch but off of it so mm-hmm. hopefully once she leaves America she'll start wearing Chivas jerseys again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean I mean I don't know I, I do think that there's always like the possibility that Espinosa will score because she just loves doing that. And then I think the other one is that it's not just Espinosa who always scores, but another, always like a, a Mexican-American, America player always gets their first goal against Chivas. It happened with Jen Muñoz and then it happened with Eva González. 
So I think that it probably will be Janelli the one who gets to carry on that lovely tradition. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it seems like it's lined up to be that way. <laughs> um, all right. So we talked. Do you guys have any other points you want to bring up with the Clásico Nacional before we do score predictions? I honestly just wanted to go in your favor because <laughs> I just want Cuellar gone more than anything else. Like I... <laughs> we said this <laughs> yesterday. Like we're gonna hashtag Puerakoya even after he leaves, just to remind them never to bring him back. And I told you, then they're going to bring in his son. That's the worst <laughs> thing you've ever said to me, by the way. <laughs> it's definitely top two. I don't know what the other one is, but it's top two. It's up there. It's just unnecessary. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's and it also it's a, it's great to know for us here, Varo, for you and I. It's gonna be on Tuesday on a Saturday night. I know yes. that it's kind of. Yes. I know it's kind of fortunate because it's a FIFA date, but I mean, I'm super excited about that fact. Well, that's two classicals I think in a row, right? That are um, feminine classicals that are on national TV. I think the last one was on. Uh, was it NBCSN? I think it was just Telemundo, like 52 or like local 50 Telemundo. I don't think it was on NBC Sports. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I think it last season it was at at home for Chivas. Oh, yeah. it was on Universo. Yeah, it Universo. Wasn't, uh, there you yeah. go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I got it mixed up. But yeah, thankfully it's going to be on then. I don't have to look for a stream and watch the game at a 45 degree angle because sometimes I don't find the right YouTube stream. So should be a good one. Um, Scoreline predictions. I know you, y'all gave them on the Evil Eye last night, but are you going to change it for tonight? Yeah, Melissa, you're going to change it? <laughs> no, I'm not because you threatened me. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not going to change it. It's going to be two one for Chivas, and Licha is going to keep on adding to the Golden Boot tally. So yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have its share of heart of micro infarct moments. <laughs> but yeah, I'm giving the a slight edge to Chivas. All right, Amy, are you gonna switch up? No, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it to figure out how much power you guys have given me since <laughs> apparently I hold a curse. We'll see. I mean, we've had you on the pod, and every time the the game after Chivas you, just again, th- gets you destroyed. invited me on this pod today. Like, We're you testing the theory. Me. I even asked for you, research are you purposes. Sure, what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's research purposes. <laughs> I think that she went to the same place Cuellar uses for. His... Oh, don't make don't make <laughs> jokes like that. That's scary, man. I gotta <laughs> clean my house now. I'm gonna do Olympia tonight. You just. <laughs> Brought bad juju for no reason, Melissa. I'm going to send you like that Black Philip gift. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Chivas three one win. I think, I think Shorty's mad about getting knocked out of the playoffs. I think he's mad about losing the classical last season, and I think the team has a chip on their shoulder to, and they and they're gonna get rid of it in this game. Dude, I think Licha and Shorty have like LeBron face this entire season. They're just like. Like, job's not finished. Just so get just... out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, they're like, Licha, this is your goal number 100 with Chivas. <laughs> How are you feeling? And she doesn't great. care. She literally doesn't care. Her and Jordan both don't care. They're like, do we have a title yet? No? All right. Yep. Well, irrelevant. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. That's the attitude I need from every Chivas player in the world. Yeah, okay. Maybe just like a, a final question. What is Chore going to wear? To these games. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be swagged out. Got blue jeans on with a blazer. 
He did. He did break out a bomber jacket at one point, right? He had the bomber yeah, jacket it was on like the sideline. Yeah, like a really nice blue one with like white and red on the on the collar. So he he kept it like very very chivas like with style. So <laughs> yeah, we need to to start like the chore fashion corner <laughs> segment. <laughs> We're going to review uh, Shorty's fits every every week on the pod? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. If uh, y'all don't have anything to add, I think we can wrap this episode up. Uh, Melissa, Amy, anything else? Nah, I just want to make it clear that whatever happened on Saturday is not my fault. So, <laughs> and thank you for having me on the pod. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you for coming. <laughs> Before we blacklist you again, <laughs> if Chivas lose, if Chivas loses, you Luis guys have definitely... the power to put to leave me there. You guys, you guys took me off. I'm like, that's a don't, stop getting mad at me. I didn't ask for this. Luis, Luis is definitely gonna text me like, what? Why did you invite her back if Chivas loses on Sun on, on Saturday? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to give you the power to cancel the curse out since you were also a Daily podcast. So. <laughs> Luis made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, watch. He doesn't even know I invited you on, Amy. When I up, when I uploaded, it, I expect the text like, "What did you do?" <laughs> it's his fault for not watching the women That's anymore. That's true. That's true. That is true. true. No, I'll agree with he that. He went yeah. to cover the tapatio. <laughs> he has the audacity to try to cover the men's side. Like they ever give you happiness? Like, ugh. yeah, I was about to say the only form of happiness that she wasn't giving me is through the feminine team. Like everything else is just bad right now. That's the way it is, man. It is what it is. But, Amy, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. Um, we'll be back next week. We are out.